Next on the Sean Morgan Report, Paul Ferber analyzes the latest in the Hunter Biden scandals. We're going to do a deep, uncensored dive into the mind of a citizen journalist right now. That's a great question. That's a good question. Great question. That's a great question. Well, that's a, a really good question. It's a great question. Well, you're right. Well, we were not bound to get an answer from the resident in chief on that one. Well, Paul Ferber joins us. He's an author, researcher, and citizen journalist. Paul, you know, before we get into all the breaking news, give us an update on your work and, and the situation on the ground in South Africa. Hi, Sean. Great to be with you as always. Yeah, we've had an interesting couple of weeks in South Africa. Our president led a peace delegation to the Ukraine via Poland, um, and they actually met with the Russians as well. Now, the local media and commentators were very skeptical, but I thought the mission was actually a good one. It, it, it for, America has been, the United States has been putting a lot of pressure on us in South Africa to pick sides, preferably the U.S.'s side, you know, the, uh, the Biden administration's side. And we've resisted that, saying, no, we are non-aligned. And I think that the trip was a, a way of demonstrating that, yeah, we want to actually try and broker peace between Russia and the Ukraine. Yeah, there were some logistical problems and some uh, snarl-ups at the airport, but I I took a lot of positives away from it. I think it's good for our country, and I think it showed that you know we're keen to negotiate peace between Russia and Ukraine. So that obviously was the, all, all the local news last week. Um, this week, not a whole lot. There's uh, our power is a little more predictable, but who knows how long that's going to last. Right. You guys have had rolling blackouts for a while. Your infrastructure is not reliable. Now, when you said Americans putting pressure on South Africa regarding the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, uh, that's more than just rhetorical pressure. It's actual, actual legislators trying to pass things that would sanction South Africa. I mean, have you ever, is this unprecedented? Well, you'd have to go back to the apartheid era to find sanctions from the US on South Africa, but that's because it was a white minority government. Yes, it, I think it is unprecedented in the last 25 years, you know, since uh, the country became a democracy where everyone could vote. The The ambassador to the U.S. was the first guy. He came out and he came out and said, no, you know, that South Africa needs to be very careful about aligning with Russia. And the reason is we allowed um, a Russian cargo ship, which whose contents are very unclear, to dock at Cape Town, at, at Simonstown, and then load and unload and go off again. And the US and NATO are not particularly happy about that. So they can they can indeed put enormous pressure on us um, because we're a very big trading partner of the United States, the tune of, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. As sanctions would be devastating for this country. On the other hand, we are part of BRICS and always have been. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. It's the uh, the alliance, which includes a lot of 
country, well, includes major countries in the global south, a trading alliance. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how our government manages to kind of negotiate their way through this minefield. It's notable that a lot of countries are telling the U.S. to get lost when it comes to economic pressure, but they have a lot more power than we do. We are, you know, just a minnows in terms of economics. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about the South African government. Usually you don't have anything nice to say. This time, at least they're they're doing, they're sticking their neck out for Russia, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, but I always wondered about the South African government and is, is this a test bed for the globalists because there's so much uh, chaos there, the infrastructure problems, the social unrest and so forth. And I wondered if it was purposeful, manufactured decline. What's your take on it? Is this just what a country looks like when there's a bunch of corruption? just doesn't work? I think that the... Uh you know, the the chaos and the decay here has been very carefully engineered um, over many years. I, I don't think it's accidental. Um, the the local, um, the government, well, now I can call them idiots, they've passed a bill, or I think that the, it's the final stage of them passing a bill that would, you know, nationalise the health industry. And 70% of doctors surveyed said, yeah, they would leave the country immediately. That's a very deliberate strike at civil society and, and healthcare, which uh, people have a right to their own healthcare um, if they want it. So, yeah, the chaos, the decline, the, the murder of farmers, the, uh, the decrease in the value of our currency and just the corruption surrounding the electricity utility is 100% self-inflicted. So I don't know where the general incompetence of the ANC begins and the engineering of the decline of the country ends. It, it's kind of hard to say. Right. I, I, something we'll see in hindsight only, I'm afraid. Yeah, it is, it is hard to say in South Africa and even in America, uh, where it seems like a lot of these Democrat-controlled cities are, are running themselves into the ground and mm. and you wonder if it's incompetence sometimes or if it's completely uh, purposeful. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to show a video from Tucker Carlson talking about Robert Kennedy Jr. as soon as we get back. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900. Hey guys, Justin here with the Satellite Phone Store and today we're going to talk about EcoFlow's solar panel options. Designed for portable power, these foldable solar panels come with a kickstand case for easy transportation, setup, and protection. Each panel uses an MC4 universal connector for wider compatibility and makes it super useful for charging a variety of devices. And if you're interested in making a purchase or you'd like more information, please visit satellitephonestore.com or sat123.com. 
it's Tucker Carlson. There's never been a candidate for president the media hated more than Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You thought that title belonged to Donald Trump. Of course it must, but go check the coverage. Trump got a gentle scalp massage by comparison when he announced. When Trump rolled out his presidential campaign in 2015, the New York Times waited until the 17th paragraph of the story to attack him. But as well known as he is, the paper said at the time, Trump is also widely disliked. And then they cited a poll to back it up. That was the attack on Trump. Eight years later, the Times attacked Bobby Kennedy in the very first sentence of the story. Quote, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the paper declared, announced a presidential campaign on Wednesday built on relitigating COVID-19 shutdowns and shaking Americans' faith in science. Shaking Americans' faith in science. Imagine if you were an ordinary New York Times subscriber reading that over coffee in your pre-war rent-controlled duplex on Columbus Avenue. You'd think Bobby Kennedy had just declared war on the Enlightenment. My fellow Americans, I have come to shake your faith in science. Join me as I drag our nation back. Tucker with his great way with words. Uh, Paul, I want to ask you about, about Tucker being on Twitter, how significant that is, the views he's getting, how he's really circumventing the mainstream media now, and then also uh, comment on Robert Kennedy Jr. in the race. It's a very big shift. I think the shenanigans that happened around his firing and his the suspension of his contract and, and, and things like that, it, it signaled a, a very large move from a, away from traditional media and towards Twitter, which, of course, would have only been possible, you know, after Elon Musk took over the platform. Tucker is getting tens of millions of views. He was the most popular cable talk show host in the country for a very long time by quite a long way. And, but if you look at those figures, it's only like 5 million views. Now I haven't seen the latest, but I believe it's over a hundred million views. His, his videos on Twitter have got and worldwide, not just on, you know, if you have Fox on cable in the U S no Twitter's that, sorry, Tucker's ideas and his, yeah, as you say, his unique style is is across the world, and people are enjoying it. People want to hear what he has to say. They they see him as a genuine blowing guy. the whistle Maybe. on the the conflict in Ukraine. I mean, totally countering the narrative on that, and uh, and now finally, everyone can can really hear it and tune in globally instead of just on their TV screens. Yeah, exactly. He's fearless in pointing out the censorship and the hypocrisy of the media and of the warmongers. Um, with the Robert, uh, the Robert Kennedy issue, he was quite right. You know, you would think Robert Kennedy was calling for the apocalypse. But in fact, all he did was made some reasonable observations about how when he was growing up, he doesn't remember anyone having eczema or autism or a number of these childhood afflictions that we seem to that seem to be much more common these days here's is he an anti-vaxxer i think yeah but he, he just wants questions to be asked you see the left pretend that we're not interested in reasonable debate when it's they they are not interested in any debate they you know they want to shut us down um there was that that other doctor who's been embarrassed by joe rogan 
who just wants to have a debate with him between him and 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 uh, an RFK Jr. And it's not going to happen because yeah, the left are, are scared of debate. And again, this is just talk. I think Tucker pointed out a little later on his show that Kennedy could be wrong about vaccines. He could be partially right. He could be completely wrong. So great. Let's just have a conversation about it. Let's not just right. shut it down. Unlike during the pandemic when every contrary voice was immediately shut down or permanently banned from social media and YouTube right. and Twitter. And yeah, it was just, it was a ban fest. You, you could not question the narrative. What's so ironic to me is that RFK Jr., besides the vaccine and science and medical stuff, is running on the same platform as Bernie Sanders was, uh, you know, and he won the, practically won the nomination two times in a row if he hadn't given it away. So, you know, the Democrats are very selectively choosing uh, who to destroy and who to build up. And, and it really doesn't have anything to do with ideology or policies. It has to do with if you will play the game with them or not. Uh, well, the next story I want to focus on is this interesting story that everyone was focusing on of the lost submarine at the bottom of the sea that apparently the U.S. Navy had already known for two days had exploded. And they waited and they sat on that intel and then released it on the same day as the Hunter Biden information do you think that's an example of the deep state and how they control our focus and they time the news stories? Yes, absolutely. There was absolutely there was a lot of things happened this week that all of our eyes should have been on. Um, two different revelations about Hunter Biden's business dealings, the Durham testimony before uh, Congress. And a couple of other things, uh, BlackRock forming a bank in Ukraine to rebuild, you know, rebuild the country. And instead, we had this completely fake story. Sorry, I'm going to call it completely fake now because I do not believe a word of it. I really don't. This this idiot, um, Stockton Rush, whatever his name was, he is descended from the guy who used to run Standard Oil for the Rockefellers in World War II. So... He's a member of the ruling class. That's a bad sign. His videos on the submarine itself are, are laughable. The, a game controller to control it. You know, a toilet up front so that you can sit and watch out the window. There are no lights on the vehicle. It's poorly designed. You've got to, you've got to be bolted in. I, this is a fake story, and... That what are they doing is they're telling us it's fake. And if we don't figure out that it's fake, then it's our fault. Um, I didn't see any footage of the, the visitors getting in, you know, the, the, the tourists who supposedly paid $250,000 for the trip getting in. And I didn't see that. All we heard was the reports. Um, about the only redeeming feature of being distracted by this for several days there's all the funny memes that came out of it my favorite one was a bunch of a bunch of killer whales under the ocean banging pots and pans together saying you know hey bang bang you know bring more billionaires for us to feed on <laughs> but the rest of the well, story that's a, that's is, a good point laughable. though uh, about there not being any footage of the people getting on uh, because something like that when you spend that much money mm -hmm. to, to take a historic trip like that, uh, you'd at least have a selfie, let alone a news crew there. So that's a good point. And, and it makes you wonder 
if it's a humiliation ritual, whenever they put something obviously fake in front of us like that. Um, well, the next story, let's dig into the Hunter Biden issue. The DOJ allegedly tipped off Hunter Biden before a search was conducted on his storage unit. Let's take a look. Whistleblowers claim the Biden Department of Justice is intervening and overstepping when it comes to the investigation of the president's son. Despite what whistleblowers described as a clear-cut case for tax liability on these payments, IRS investigators say they found themselves hamstrung internally. The testimony we have just released details a lack of U.S. attorney independence, recurring unjustified delays, unusual actions outside the normal course of any investigation, a lack of transparency across the investigation and prosecution teams, and bullying and threats from the defense counsel. This was a campaign of delay, divulge, and deny. Whistleblowers say reoccurring unjustified delays pervaded the investigation, including an authenticating a WhatsApp message in which Hunter Biden demands payment from Chinese officials, noting that his father is in the room. The whistleblowers rebuild. It's a very interesting text message that I was able to read. It's just a paragraph where it's, it's a threat. He says, I'm sitting here with the big guy, my father, the important yeah. guy, and, and you better do what I tell you to do. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, and by do it, I mean tonight. And you better not involve any other contacts or other people. It better, better be you who handles this or else. Yeah, and th this think, is Paul? not just some lackey. <laughs> this is not just some lackey. This is uh, Henry Zhao, who's a, a Chinese Communist Party official. Oh, sorry, I've lost my headphones there. Um, and he's a he's actually a um, he's a member of the uh, I think it's BHR Partners in which is a private investor firm, and they're co-owned by the Bank of China. So this is pretty much the equivalent of the video when Joe Biden was caught in Ukraine saying, well, son of a bitch, you know, the prosecutor got fired because I, I threatened to withhold the billion dollars. This is exactly the same. And it's pretty disgraceful, as we heard from, uh, from that video clip, that the DOJ have just been stonewalling at every single, at every single turn. Yeah, the two-tier justice system, alive and well. Unfortunately, you know. Well, Trump, people are really uh, getting uh, all the details in these testimonies mm -hmm. and so forth in Congress. It's really a wake-up campaign. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look at more. What should people know about that whole blow-up with Project Veritas? I read a few people wrong, and that's my fault, but I learned from that, and I think I'll be a more effective messenger as a result of that. that that'll that free me up to do the next chapter, the next stage of my evolution, which is OMG, which is decentralizing journalism. And sometimes things happen for a reason. That's my goal. That's my mission. And I didn't ask for that mission. I never thought that would be my mission. It just has become my mission. And I'm excited about it.
Mr. Durham, <clears throat> in reviewing your report, I sincerely wanted to understand the work that you did and decipher the various investigations that we have been discussing. The origins, the history, the backstory, the who's, the why's, the what's, the what ifs, and the how. I desperately wanted to figure out what happened to what was once our flagship law enforcement agencies, the FBI and the DOJ, to determine what went wrong and to evaluate how we can go forward from here. I have listened with great interest, hoping to find some answers to the burning questions of the day. And I have reached a few conclusions that I do not believe are subject to dispute or debate. Now, I truly appreciate your regard for the agency you have dedicated your career to. I am sure that as your investigation progressed, you must have been truly saddened by what you found. What you have exposed, however, is that we are dealing with something so corrupt and so rotten that no amount of face paint, deflection, or whitewashing can fix this. You have been asked lots of questions about predicates, protocols, the Steele dossier, the Australian connection, Mr. Papadopoulos, Mr. Carter, the FISA court and Crossfire Hurricane, among others. Your responses have been enlightening, but let's get to the brass tacks. None of those people or documents or reports were relevant to the FBI when it identified Donald Trump as public enemy number one. What do I mean? So I want to know, Paul, were you able to check out this testimony? Did it live up to your expectations? Do you think there's more coming? I was, and yeah, no, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. I don't think it lived up to any of our expectations, especially if you've been following, you know, publications like the Epoch Times, which have been predicting Durham to kind of sweep into D.C. and hand out a whole lot of arrests. It... And it's obviously the, its findings are fact. Great, um, Durham. Durham has testified that you know he's found all these things wrong with the FBI. But a lot of the members, I, I saw Matt Gates ask him some very uncomfortable questions about you know why didn't you get um, these guys in a room? You know, you only sort of contacted the lawyer. I. I'm I'm struggling to find a good reason for for it. The only thing I can think of is that this is not the end of the story. That yeah, right. Durham is Durham is doing doing something. And, and the reason I come back to it is the reason I come back to a lot of things. And people ask me, where are the arrests? And the the fundamental reason that there aren't arrests yet is because geopolitics is sequence based. Things have to happen in specific order, A, then B, then C, then D. The problem is B depends on some event on the other side of the world, and you've got to wait for it because we're rounding up a, a huge network from the bottom up, and we're getting to sort of the middle guys at the moment. And you cannot arrest Peter Struck, for instance, if he, can, if he still has a dead man switch in the Middle East somewhere. You've got to wait for that to be sorted out, and only then can you round them up. Um, right. So I, I think I think Durham. Funny you mentioned yeah, him Durham. because he grew up in Iran, so he really could have a dead man switch in the Middle he, East. Exactly. He's, That's a really yeah, good. He's, he's been a traitor for the Middle East, for the states, since he was born. I mean, I think his father worked for USAID, and he's he was involved in like shady stuff in the seventies. Um, in the Middle East. So, yeah, 
it's catching catching these guys is going to be extraordinary. It's got to be extraordinarily carefully done because yeah, they have dead man switches. Everyone is connected. A lot of this ties back to foreign heads of state. And if you remember the original Q drops where he said a lot of this ties back to foreign heads of state, we want to, you know, we want transparency, but not at a cost we can't recover from. You cannot just dump evidence like a foreign head of state having an orgy with underage kids because they do. I mean, a lot of them do, but you cannot just dump that on another country. It's equivalent to a declaration of war. This is why all these things have been taken very slowly and very carefully. And I'm sure there are tons of deals being done behind the scenes to ensure that, you know, the world just suddenly doesn't collapse. I think the world is collapsing, but slowly it's a controlled burn. But it would collapse overnight if certain information came out. You know, that, that infamous Hillary video, for instance, that would just precipitate all kinds of things that we don't want. Trump is taking the or slow, Or people might not even be able route. to accept it. Uh, no, you of know, course th- not. There's yeah. something so shocking, something so out of your yeah. uh, realm of yeah. uh, accepting that if someone shows you something from left field, uh, then you literally can't even perceive it. But look, you know, maybe Hunter Biden's a good example because uh, a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, you and I were on the cutting edge of research uh, in this alternative world. And we already knew about Hunter Biden and all this stuff uh, back a couple of years ago. But now yeah. the general public is learning about it for the first time. Right. And yeah. so, and they're learning that it was censored during the last election. And so I think that's an important wake-up process. And sometimes we independent researchers get way ahead of ourselves because we have been years ahead of the curve. Yes, that's absolutely right. The, the slowest thing to change on the planet is the minds of the majority of people. And you have to be very careful and introduce them to outrageous information very slowly so they can take it in a bit at a time. Yeah, I remember those those times we were all that stuff from Hunter's laptop was dumped on 4chan and I went through a lot of it. Um, and eventually, you know, the, those guys did that report. The, I think it's the Biden laptop report dot com. And they did an excellent job forensically of going through those all those records, all the photographs, the WhatsApps, the emails and showing that he was just a corrupt SOB and and and, and his father was even worse. Now, now that it's being exposed, you know, it's been put into the public domain, people are realizing that, yeah, Hunter needs to be censured. And, yeah, the Department of Justice is not working for the American people. They're working for Joe right. and Hunter. And, yeah, the, well, yes, it's all Hunter's happening. Tra- it, it's not on it our is. timeline, but it is happening slowly but surely. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. That's the end of the Sean Morgan Report. You can go to ampnews.us, register for Amp Insider. You can go to SeanMorganReport.com, get my breaking news updates. God bless all you patriots. Good night.
Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world, but in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks, and the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900.